0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah! Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah! Do you know what this is? Of course you do, right? Right? Most of you probably have one in your pocket or something like that. It's a cell phone. Cell phones allow us to do things that can make our lives easier. You can find the answer to many questions on one. You can use it to post a Bible passage on any one of your social media pages. You can order merchandise or food to be delivered to your house. And you can even make a phone call to your mom or grandma to wish them a happy Mother's Day and tell them that you love them. I strongly recommend the last one today. Now, of course, this isn't an exhaustive list because there are many other things that we can do with a cell phone in our hands. And unfortunately, not all of them are God-pleasing. Besides things like cyberbullying or viewing pornography, there is something else that I'd like us to focus on this morning. Oh, wait. Somebody just text me. Hmm. Okay, all right. Got that taken care of. Oh, where, where what was I? As you may have guessed by my little demonstration, cell phones can be very disruptive in our lives. They can stop us from focusing on the things or the people in our lives that are more important. And before we even realize it, we even end up ignoring our loved ones who are in the very room with us. And if we're not careful, our cell phone can become an idol or God with a lowercase g in our lives. Martin Luther defined a God as something that fills our needs and gives us comfort. Whoever or whatever we fear, love, and trust in, above all things, is our God. And for some of us, our cell phone has slipped into that category and perhaps has become an unknown God in our lives. I use the word unknown here because we are blinded to the fact that our cell phone has become a God in our lives. We can't go anywhere without it, not even the restroom. Every notification we receive just might be the latest, greatest thing and we don't want to miss out on it. Or, maybe it's an update from a news story or a sports event or something like that that we just can't do without. Or worse, we're in the middle of a conversation with a loved one and our phone dings and we have to look at it. Even while we're talking, Or listening to our loved one. And so for many of us, cell phones have become an unknown God in our lives. In our first reading this morning from Acts chapter 17, the Apostle Paul was wandering around the city of Athens and noticed all of the gods the Athenians worshipped, including one labeled the unknown God. And after conversing with some of the philosophers there about Jesus and the resurrection... Paul was brought to the Areopagus and was asked, May we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? For you bring some strange things to our ears. We wish to know, therefore, what these things mean. Now all the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there would spend their time in nothing except telling or hearing something new. The Athenians sound a lot like us, don't they? How often have we spent our time in nothing? Looking at the latest viral video, playing a game on our phone, watching a movie or TV show, or looking at a meme designed to make us laugh at someone else. Yes, for some of us, myself included, far too often. So St. Paul addresses the Athenians beginning at verse 22. "'Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. "'For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, "'I found also an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. "'What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. "'The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, "'does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands.' as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and all things. And he made for one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling places, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he's actually not far from each one of us. he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Because the Athenians worshipped all of these idols and had no idea about the one true living God, Paul, by the power of the Holy Spirit, proclaimed to them the story of the triune God who created the world and everything in it. And how God doesn't need anything from them. But that they are dependent on Him. Because this unknown God, as Paul defined the triune God, provides for them. The air that they breathe and all things. He has determined where they will live and how long they will live there. But there are two things God wants them to do. Seek Him and repent. Seek the one true living God and repent. Why? St. Paul explains that beginning at verse 30. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent, because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising that man from the dead. The times of God are overlooking ignorance are over. Kaput. No excuses. Going forward, we are all to repent of our idolatry and other sins because God is holy and just. And yet, He is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, not wanting anyone to perish. But He has chosen a day a day when all people will be judged by the one man appointed by God, that is, the one who was raised from the dead on the third day. You and I know that man as Jesus of Nazareth, the one born in Bethlehem, raised by his mother and father, the carpenter. He's the one who, at 12 years old, was found in the temple by his parents, sitting among the temple teachers, listening to them and asking questions. And Jesus' understanding of their teaching and the answers he came up with astonished and amazed all who heard him either ask or respond. This was the boy who, when he became a man, was baptized by John. The voice crying in the wilderness prepared the way of the Lord. And after his baptism, he was tempted in the wilderness by the devil after fasting for 40 days and nights. But he did not sin. Then he began his public ministry by proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He performed numerous miracles, taught the people and his disciples by using parables, and explained to the Pharisees, the church leaders of the day, time and time again in different ways. It's the sick who need an doctor. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners as recorded in Matthew chapter 9. Why? Because the times of ignorance are over. And everyone needs Jesus' life-giving word, His grace, and His mercy. Jesus lived the perfect life that none of us can. He fulfilled all of God's law and took the punishment of the whole world upon His shoulders, paying this price for sin in full on Calvary. And as Paul wrote at the end of verse 31, of this, He that is God has given assurance to all by raising Him from the dead. Yes, God raised Jesus of Nazareth from the dead, showing the world that His Son's sacrifice stamped out sin, paid in full. But sadly, our Lord and Savior Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, seems to be more and more unknown in our world and even now is seen by some is not worth knowing why well because some of them will ask this question well that's great he did those things what thousands of years ago but what has he done for me lately because it seems like nothing and St. Paul answered that for us too in verse 25. Since He Himself, that is God, gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. All things. God has provided and still provides all that we need for this body and life. Things like clothes, food, a place to live, and the people around us. And not only that, He took care of our greatest need by sending His Son, Jesus, And he even gave us some things that we don't need but want, like our cell phone. But you can use some of the things God has provided you with to share with others the good news of what the unknown God has done for you in his son Jesus and how he still takes care of you. If you have a cell phone, you can post on your social media pages a Bible passage as mentioned at the beginning of the sermon. If you have access to paper, You can write a note to your neighbors, friends, family, or co-workers and leave it somewhere for them to discover. You can be as creative or imaginative as you want. But the most important thing is to let them know what God in Christ Jesus has done and continues to do for them and what He's done and continues to do for you. And if you're nervous... And if you're scared about being a witness for Jesus, remember what Simon Peter wrote in our epistle reading today, beginning at verse 14. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. So write, write or speak gently. Let them know the great love that God who may be unknown to them has for them and for you. And then pray, pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, they may come to know and love Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So that they too may come and say along with you, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And this amazing God, who is unknown to them, will reveal himself to them. And when the time comes for all believers in Christ to leave this veil of tears, then we will see him face to face as he greets us to live in his presence forevermore. And the once unknown God will be fully known. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard our hearts and minds through faith, In Christ Jesus, unto life everlasting. Amen.